0: This episode is brought to you by the American Egg Council. Can you have a conspiracy if nobody cares? And then we travel to New Jersey to take a look at the bizarre story of a woman who tried to expose a murder and ended up becoming a beast. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys have a great weekend. This is our Friday episode. I want to give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreons, Bennett Grapone. Bennett Grapone, if that's how you pronounce your name. I hope I'm close. Thank you, Bennett, so much for supporting the show. This story, we're actually going to use one of his stories. So that's cool. That was serendipitous. Bennett, you're going to be our captain, our pilot, our driver this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, though, that's okay, too. Just help get the word out about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. We also have a merch store. Minecraft server is still in operation. Join us on the Minecraft server. Bennett, I'm going to flip you the keys. To the Jason Jalopy. We're going for a little drive. We are headed out to... New York, New York and the Sunset Strip. Totally different, (laughs) totally different place. There might be a Sunset Strip in New York, doubt it. But anyways, we're going to New York. The year is 1985. So hold on to your purses, (laughs) check your wallets. The place is a cesshole. It's filled with crime. But not only are we in a crime-ridden hellhole, we're also New York Knicks fans (laughs) in the 1980s. So I don't know much about sports, But I do know researching the story that the New York Knicks were having a really hard time. They're just not making shots. They're running in the wrong direction. I don't know really what can go wrong with basketball other than missing the hoop. But they were finding a way to do it. Basically, every team they played against was Globetrotter level good. These guys were having a hard time. So they needed a star player. And they're getting ready to do the draft. And this is the first time they do the NBA draft this way. They took all these envelopes and they threw them in a giant rotating bowl. Like a lottery type thing. And the the NBA commissioner would reach in, pull out an envelope, and whichever team he pulled out first, got first pick of the draft. This year was super important because this year, 1985, Patrick Ewing was up for the draft. Again, not a huge basketball fan, but you can always tell, like, if, if I know the name of a player... They're either amazing or they've broken a law. That's generally like if I know about the player, I'm like, oh, they were in the news or they're so good, I know who they are. Patrick Ewing was one of those guys. I knew that name. Thought he was on Dallas, but he is considered a one in a generation player. And everyone knows it. When he's coming up for the draft, everyone's like, whatever team he's on, it will change the future of that team. So the commissioner has it. They have this all filmed. They're moving up the, the envelopes. They're mixing it up. And the commissioner reaches in, pulls out a random envelope, opens it up. New York Knicks get first pick. And of course, they pick Patrick Ewing. This is an interesting story because this is a conspiracy theory that literally everybody believes in. People go, there's no, the chances of the New York Knicks who really needed a player like him the chances of them getting them would, what is it, like 1 in 36? How many teams were around back then? I guess I should have looked that up, but the odds were not in their favor. But they got it. They got their first pick. They picked Patrick Ewing, and he took the team to new heights. Everything worked out. What's interesting about this conspiracy theory is everyone's like, yeah, it's it's probably rigged, but everybody understands why. (laughs) The New York Knicks sucked, and they believe the NBA needed a new york team to be winning they needed the new york franchise to really be on top i was watching this segment that they showed on the bleacher report they had a video interview with everyone involved and people are like this is what they think happened there's a couple different theories one that the envelope that had the Knicks on it when someone knew where it was they threw it into the drum and it got bent a bit So the commissioner knew which one to grab. The most common theory, though, is that somebody took that envelope and dipped it in dry ice to make it cold to the touch. Because he didn't pull out the first one he grabbed. He kind of shuffled around in there, grabbed the envelope, pulled it out. So the theory is they either heated it up, which would not be a good idea because then it's just like crumbly ash and you pick up the ash. You're like, this looks like the Knicks. (laughs) This looks like the Knicks this year. You're just ash. No, they think that it was most likely dipped in dry ice or just made cold somehow. And so when the commissioners reached around in there, he felt the coldest one, pulled it out in New York Knicks. They're doing this segment on Bleacher Report, and Patrick, they asked Patrick Ewing about it, and he goes, maybe, but I don't care. Like, he didn't care. The guy involved with it, he goes, listen, I understand why they would do this. It was weird because all this time later, people are like, yeah, it might it have happened. It might have been completely rigged. But nobody cares because everything worked out in the end. Patrick Ewing was happy on that team. The team was very successful. Now, if they had been interviewing coaches from other teams, they might not. You know, 30 years has passed now, but other team, other coaches may not have been this happy. But all these years later, Patrick Ewing was like, it's just funny that people are still talking about this. But he was very, like, nonchalant. And all these reporters they were interviewing, they're like, yeah, it probably was rigged, but everything worked out. It's funny because can you have a conspiracy if nobody cares about it? Like, if you cheat the system and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And everything worked out fine in the end. It's very rare you come across a conspiracy theory like that. I was actually when I this was so I was looking up more sports conspiracies, because I recently did that one that I've already forgotten about. What was that? Oh, the balls. The um the balls in baseball were getting juiced. And a lot of you guys said, oh, do more sports conspiracy theories. So I was looking up some. This is one of the big ones. Actually, this goes into a bigger theory that the draft today is completely rigged. This was kind of like a heartwarming conspiracy. Like, yeah, maybe. maybe." Nowadays, people go, the whole thing's rigged. Uh, Major sports are rigged, which is (laughs) a little more sinister. I believe once money gets involved, obviously you could have rigged games and stuff like that. I remember when I was a Sacramento Kings fan in the short time period that I was watching basketball, you would see them get up to the playoffs. But because they're not a nationally recognized or super famous team, it always seemed like the refs were calling bad calls on them because they wanted it to be, you know, New York versus L.A. or whatever. They didn't want the Sacramento. So you can kind of see stuff like that. And people get mad about that because people are betting money. They're losing money. People have invested a lot of time into a team and then they're like the refs are making bad calls and things like that. But this is more of a heartwarming conspiracy. Yeah, the Nick let, suck. Let's give him the best player in a generation and see how they do. And they worked. It worked. He was happy. The team was happy. History was made in basketball. And to this day, people still swear that that envelope was frozen. And it probably was. But, but literally nobody cares. Everyone thinks everything worked out. And I'm trying to think of an other conspiracy that that's happened. I'm wondering if there's another conspiracy theory. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, no one got hurt. I don't think so. Most of the time, conspiracies involve companies crushing people or nations basically doing stuff behind the scenes. It's very rare you come across a conspiracy theory that even the victims are kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, we still had a pretty good year. There's probably one coach out there who would disagree with me. One coach who coached in 1985 who can feel free to email me at deadrappetradio.com and be like, I know the truth. I should have got Patrick Ewing. But other than that one grump, everything worked out pretty fine. So Bennett, let's go ahead and hop in the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind New York, New York, and the Sunset Strip. We're leaving. We're saying goodbye to New York, New York. Patrick Ewing reaches up 500 feet in the air. He reaches up, gives us a high five. That's how high he jumps. That's what a great player he was. We're leaving behind New York. We don't have far to go, though, so we're just going to have Bennett fly around in a holding pattern here. While I talk to you a little bit about the American egg? Did you know that the American egg is the most nutritious food available that comes out of a chicken? When I want to eat something that's related to a dinosaur that's the descendant of a T-Rex, I eat an egg. Scrambled? Baked? (laughs) You bake an egg? Scrambled? Hard-boiled omelette. There's all sorts of different ways to eat eggs. Fried, and I think that's it actually. Baked. Apparently you can bake an egg now. So if you need a little more energy to run away from your worst fear, eat an egg. I can't guarantee it'll work. But as you're falling through Cthulhu-level horrors trapped in your own mind, you won't be hungry. Bennett, now that that ad is over, we're going (laughs) to win this what in the world? What what are you doing with this egg council bit? Ah, we'll get to it next. <laughs> we'll get to it next week. Let's just say Daddy Carpenter is about to be Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> Bennett <laughs> is still looking suspicious at me. He's checking my pockets for eggs. <laughs> he didn't check my back pocket. <laughs> Helicopter lands. We're in New Jersey. This is a request both from Bennett. Bennett sent me a huge list. He he was trying to find a pig person in all 50 states. He came up with 37 of them. So (laughs) thanks, Bennett. I mean, I'm going to take me a while to pour through it. But this is one of them. This is actually one of them. I got this as a request from both Bennett and Andrew Light, another Patreon supporter. So Bennett and Andrew, thank you so much for sending these stories over. We're going back in time. It's September 16th, 1922. So we got on our old-timey clothes, bowler hats and nice little suits. <laughs> I'm carrying a dozen eggs. <laughs> Jason, shouldn't you cook those first? Nah, Rocky. Rocky ate them raw. Then it's like, dude, you're not Rocky. I'm like, uh, not yet. Wait till I eat all dozen of these raw eggs. Then we'll see who's Rocky. <laughs> We're in Somerset, New Jersey. It's September 16th, 1922. And we see a bunch of cops standing around taking old-timey pictures and stuff like that. We're like, oh, that's that's interesting. Let's walk into the middle of this crime scene. Let's interfere with this. what these police officers are doing. There's two bodies laying in the field. We have Reverend Edward Wheeler Hall, 41 years old. And then Mrs. If you were expecting Mrs. Hall, you're wrong. Mrs. Eleanor Reinhardt Mills, 34 years old. They're both laying side by side in the grass. Almost... Spooning. He's laying behind her, she's laying in front of him, and they're both facing a crabapple tree. His hand is placed around her neck, like almost in a caring gesture. It would look peaceful, almost, if it wasn't for the multiple <laughs> bullet wounds in their head. He was shot once. She had three bullets in her head. But that's not where it ended. It appears that after she died, her throat was slit, and then her tongue was removed. Obviously looks like a crime of passion. That's normally not something you see in, like, a robbery or a quote-unquote average murder. What also made it seem like a crime of passion was there were love letters strewn about their bodies. But they were ripped up. Someone, after murdering these people, took the time to rip up these love letters, throw them on the ground, slit a throat, pull a tongue out. A bunch of people showed up because they just thought this was the bee's knees. This was huge news in Somerset, New Jersey. Nowadays, this would be nothing. What? Someone got murdered in New Jersey? Eh. I don't know. I got other stuff to do. But back then, it was like, oh, my God, two people got murdered. This is the crime of the century. Actually, this did end up becoming one of the first media circuses. It wasn't until Charles Lindbergh's baby was kidnapped and murdered that something surpassed this. This was a huge media trial. But anyways, so the cops are like, this obviously looks like a crime of passion. So we can figure it's one of their significant others, maybe. Her husband or his wife, they were both married and they were having this affair. At this point, a woman emerges from the crowd. She's pushing people aside. Hold on! She's walking over extra evidence. They're like, whoa, whoa. Ah, no, I wanted to step on that footprint. My name is Jane Gibson. Now, people in town knew who she was, but they didn't she, they didn't call her Jane Gibson. They called her the pig lady because she was a pig farmer. So, I mean, she could have been worse. She could have been a manure farmer, but she was known as the pig lady. And she was known for one other thing, and we'll get into that in a second. (laughs) We'll let your imagination run wild. You're like, ugh. But anyway, she goes, Officers, I saw what happened. Here, step back. Everyone step back while I have this flashback. (laughs) It was two nights ago, and I was riding Jenny, my mule, through the dark. You see, I'd been having trouble with trespassers, so I was coming out here to give them a good talking to. The officers are like, Talking to or are you going to shoot random people on your property? Yeah, it's the 1920s. It doesn't matter what I do. I didn't have time to shoot nobody. So you see, I was riding Jenny out in the dark looking for trespassers. And I see a group of four people standing over that crabapple tree right there, right? There's two people. And then there's another two people. You know what four means. And I hear them arguing about something. And then I hear a pop. And down goes one of the silhouettes. As God is my witness, now there was only three people standing there. Cops are like, we know how math works. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. And then I see another silhouette standing there. And she begins to say, it was a woman, by the way. She had a very curvy, curvy silhouette. She began to say, no, no, no. And then said, Henry. And then I heard three gunshots. And now there's only two people standing there. And I got scared. So after watching it wasn't the first murder scared me, but that second murder. Uh-uh-uh. I ride Jenny back home, and here I am talking to you. So flashback ends. So she tells a story. Now, the cops go, that is good enough for us. We still have more investigating to do, but that actually gives us a good lead. Because the minister's wife was Frances Noel Stevens Hall. Very well connected woman in town. She was connected to the Stevens family. She was a member of that. She was also connected to a family known as the Carpenters. But they spelled it with a D. So that's weird. The Carpendeers. Anyways, the Carpenters. But they spelled it with a D. I have to keep emphasizing that. Because we were not involved in this crime. People also connected her to the Johnson family. Who you may know as Johnsons and Johnsons. So she actually was pretty high up in the community. The police are suspecting her for two reasons. One, her husband was killed having an affair. The violence done upon the woman's body, as opposed to the man's body, makes them think that whoever killed them had more animus towards the woman. And there's two different men named Henry that are connected to Francis, the minister's wife. So they think it's her and she got some people to do it. So they round them up. They round up Francis. They round up one of the Henry's. The other one had a pretty good alibi. They round up four people in total who are part of this conspiracy. They hold trial. And you got the pig lady as the main witness. She was there at the scene. She can say the woman called out Henry. She must have known a Henry. Francis has a relative named Henry. Slam dunk. Pig Lady comes down with cancer. Really bad case of cancer. As opposed to those normally good cases of cancer, right? But it's, it's, it's pretty fast acting. It gets to the point that during the trial, she has to be brought in via ambulance and has to be in a hospital bed in the trial. And she's testifying against this family. And she's uh, I saw, I was standing there. I saw these shadows, right? Saw these shadows standing there. And one of them goes, my name's Francis. And you've been having an affair with my husband <laughs> And one of the courthouses is like, what? And she's like, and then I heard a voice go, no, Francis, wife of my lover, you are truly the one who was about to murder me. And the jury's like, what? The police are like, wait, that's what? what's going on? She lied all the time. She was known for two things, raising pigs and being a liar. And her story changed so much from her first interview with the police to during the trial, she was changing her story. They said she had more details during the trial than she had during her first interview. Normally, people forget stuff. You don't go, oh, by the way, she left me this driver's license. And it's like a hand-drawn card. The defense attorney actually was bringing up the pig lady's neighbors, and the, the neighbors would go on the stand. Defense lawyer goes, what do you think of the pig lady? And the neighbors would go, she's the biggest liar in the world. You can't trust anything she says. She's such a huge liar. Next neighbor would come up. Do you have anything to say about the pig lady? Oh, yeah. She lies all the time. You can't trust anything about her. During the trial, as the pig lady was delivering testimony from her deathbed, the pig lady's mom, this 72-year-old elderly woman, was sitting in the audience. And as her daughter was giving her testimony, her mother was going, She's a liar! She lies. She lies all the time. She's totally not telling the truth. Like, when your own mom is yelling at you while you're dying, telling you what a liar you are, the jury is looking at all this stuff, and they basically go, not guilty. 100% not guilty. Now, the prosecution, they were like, we know that these guys did it. Nobody else had a motive for this. Nobody else would take the time to remove the tongue. It was funny, the re, it's not funny, but the tongue removal, they didn't even realize that until like four years later. The damage to the body must have been pretty intense. And that's the thing, like, you can tell when someone's been stabbed once or twice versus 80 times, it usually means the difference between a fast-acting crime as opposed to a crime of passion, where you're really taking time to chop somebody up. It took time to mutilate this woman's body, and not the man's body, which made them think it was not her husband, but his wife. But anyways... She was such a liar that even on her deathbed, her own mother was saying, don't trust a word she's saying. If she's saying they did it, they didn't do it. Everyone was found not guilty, and the prosecution never, this is an unsolved crime. The prosecution never brought charges against anyone else. Cops continue to investigate it for a bit, but they're like, dude, it was them. We just got the worst witness possible. The one witness that people, the one person in the world that's such a liar, people were yelling she was a liar as she was dying. And she did eventually die, which is awful. But then the story takes a truly creepy turn, as opposed to the two people being murdered and one horribly mutilated. Because to this day, a few miles away, we have Royce Field Road. So, Bennett, let's hop back into Jason Jalopy. We're going to drive down this road late at night. I'm down to three eggs. We might have to stop and buy more American eggs. See, I'm not feeling sick yet, dude. I'm feeling totally fine. (laughs) As I'm lying, I'm all, I mean, American eggs are delicious. We're driving our car through Pig Lady Road. Pig Lady Road's a couple miles away from where the murders actually took place. And this is a ghost phantom. A creature, a cryptid, it's kind of hard to classify. The Charman or Bandage Man. Charman's in California, Bandage Man is in Oregon. Those are more of road phantoms. They jump in your car, they harass you, they beat you up. We've covered both of those. I love those stories. This one kind of falls in line with that, but is a little more of a cryptid thing. Pig Lady Road, if you drive down Pig Lady Road, there's a couple different ways to summon this creature, but you drive down Pig Lady Road, and you see a red tree, and you yell, Pig Lady, Pig Lady, Pig Lady, and then a woman appears from behind the tree. Pig head. (laughs) holding a blood-stained axe, and she comes running at your car, and you got to speed away, otherwise she's going to chop your car up. Your insurance does not cover harassing pig ladies. Now, that's an easy thing to disprove, obviously, right? You just drive up. We'll do it. Pig lady, pig lady, pig lady. Nothing. Hopefully you're not listening to this podcast as you're driving down Roycefield Road. That's a very easy myth to disprove, because you just do it. The myth has been modified a bit. Some people say you have to drive down the road to where this red tree's at. One person has to get out of the car, and then you continue to drive until you can't see them anymore. And then you turn around, and then the person outside the car has to yell pig lady three times. And then you turn back around, and the person's totally traumatized. That's super easy to fake, obviously, but it's a lot harder to disprove. Because the one person who's standing out on the road could tell you whatever story they wanted. And if you're gullible, you'll be like, Gulp! I'm not going to do that again! And the other person in the back is, <laughs> These are classic American myths, right? You go down this road and you stop and then little kids push your car. <laughs> Assuming you're not actually broke down outside of an elementary school. Because they might actually help you. But you know those old stories. You drive down the road and you'll be on a hill, an, uh, like an incline hill. And your car will go up and you'll see little handprints. Those type of myths and legends are all over America. And I'd really argue all over the world there's different versions of them. There's two versions of The Origin of the Pig Lady. I'm going to posit a third one. But one of the origins is quite lame. This young baby. This (laughs) is supposed to be an old baby. This baby's born. (coughs) (coughs) The baby's born with the head of a pig. And then it grew up to a woman with the head of a pig. And now she walks around with an axe. Eh. It's super not exciting. One of the versions, too, is just a floating pig head floating down the road. That's not that's not that wasn't even worth me mentioning. That's so dumb. I didn't even include it in the Yeah, yeah whatever. Anyways, do you have this woman who's born with the head of a pig and then she just grows up to be a pig lady? That's not very imaginative. There's another story. If we go back in time, there's this little girl. Who's super ugly. (laughs) I mean, uglier than being born with a pig head, right? And her father is so disgusted he can't even look at her. So he goes, ah, there's, you know what would be an improvement over your Disgusting old mug. It's a pig head. So he goes out and he chops the head off a pig. Or maybe he just had the pig head already (laughs) laying around. He's like, hmm, I could wear this for Halloween. Or I could torment my daughter. Hmm. He takes the pig head and he puts it on his daughter and goes, there. Now you're better looking. And she grows up with this pig head on. And she's just like, oh, I must be totally hideous if I have to wear this stinky head. I wonder if he kept cutting off pig heads because eventually it's going to rot, right? Eventually he's going to be like, pew, wait, time to kill you, another pig. Get you a new mask. Look at you, you're growing. They're like marking, putting marks on the wall as she's getting taller, but they're marking it to the pig's ears. Daughter, you're becoming a woman. Someday you're going to kill your own pig and put the head on yourself. She's like, oh, the little pig is blushing. Anyways, her mom eventually dies of some unknown illness. And the girl has it. She's like a teenager at this point. She's had enough of it. Her mom's dead. She takes an axe, kills her dad. And then she's just walking around with a pig head for a while still, for whatever reason. She's like, ah, you know, I'm used to it. And then some kids are teasing her in town and they put a pig head on her porch. So she murders these two kids. And then eventually she just kind of like dissolves (laughs) dies of swine flu. She dies somehow. And when the police search her property, they find... Her mom who had died of natural causes, and then the butchered remains of her father and the two boys. That's enough. I did forget there's one other origin story, which might actually be the funniest, is Pig Lady's actually a maid, was a local maid for a rich family, and there was a fire in their mansion, and she's like, oh no, how do I get out? How do I get out? And everyone runs out and they left her on the second floor of this house, and she's like, oh no, and the flames are getting higher. So she goes, well, she jumps out the window... <laughs> she just think about the two stories we just had a woman who was so hideous that a pig head looked better than her normal face or someone who was just born with a pig head at least those are slightly fantastical this one's just i don't know if it's bizarre and cruel or both this woman's like oh no i'm gonna burn she jumps out of the building it's a two-story house she falls she falls right on her face like she doesn't brace what was she doing with her hands sewing Like, she doesn't brace herself at all. She doesn't land on her shoulders. She doesn't land on her back. She doesn't break her ankle. She doesn't even put her hands out. She falls two stories right onto her face. And she hits the ground, and it instantly mangles her face. After falling 20 feet straight onto her face, she jumps up and runs into the wood, forever being known as Pig Lady. Why does she have a pig head? I don't know. She's just horribly disfigured. Even if your nose got bent up and you had like a chief Wiggum pig nose, you can still get a job. So that one's, I guess at some point in the woods, she just finds a dead pig and she's like, an important storm, puts it on. I don't think if you, if you feel 20 feet on your face, first off, I don't think you're jumping up and running away. I don't nest one, I don't think you're thinking at all. Your thought process would be, your brains are scrambled. But two, I don't think you're going to hop up and go, oh no, my face. Because <laughs> your ears are bleeding. And your eyes have burst open. Anyway, so that's another legend. Here's my theory, and we're going to close it out like this. Here's my story lying is one of the oldest sins. It's the thing that holds humanity together, societies together. If everybody lied, we could do nothing. You couldn't have a contract. You couldn't even have a conversation. Now, people do lie. People do lie. But it's one of those things that you can get a bad rep for really, really quickly. Lying is the The one sin, the one wrong that everyone does the most. Most of us aren't habitual liars, but think about how many times you've lied versus how many times you've stolen something. How many times you've lied versus how many times you've broken a law. Lying is something that we do. It's super innate in children. It's really the original sin. I mean, other than eating the apple and causing the, the world to crumble. But, you know what I mean? Like, lying is the, is the first thing that humans do that is wrong and hurtful. And here you have a woman who was such a habitual liar that murderers got away. She spent her whole life fantasizing. She spent her whole life weaving tales. She spent her whole life deceiving everybody. To the point where her mother, I have to nail this point home, as she was dying, her mother denounced her as a liar. Because of her lies, murderers got away. Because of her lies, two people who were shot down in cold blood did not find justice. She was known as the pig lady while she was alive. What if she's known as the pig lady after death? Her sin was so great, she wasn't allowed to ascend to the next level. What's so ironic about this is that a woman who lied all of her life is now sentenced to damnation as a physical manifestation of a cruel nickname. You can summon her forth. She appears full of rage, full of vengeance. But she can't get either of those things because she's in that role. She's tormented in that body between life and death in these woods. She can't get vengeance. She put herself there. And the most ironic thing about this whole story is that someone could summon her. And she's pulled into our world. Snarling and in pain. And they drive off. And she slowly fades from view. And when the people in that car go back to school the next day and tell all their classmates that they did it. They summoned the pig lady. They saw her. What is everyone going to say? <laughs> You're lying. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.